It's a gray Sunday in New York. We're glad the rain's ended. Halloween weekend. Kabir and I went out, no costumes. We were told this weekend that we were bringing down the average of our squad. We had a friend, Alexander Daliak, who had a great coat on, who was bringing up the average. <laughs> Anyways, so that's where we are on this lazy Sunday. Swiss Masters just finished. We've got two screens going right now. Oh, wait, hold up. Digression. You all thought we pod faded, getting a lot of text messages <laughs> from close friends asking us what happened to Cheeky Volley, saying give the people what they want, etc. Guess what? We're back. I'm going to be completely honest with you. We recorded one episode. Um, just Kabir, what was the episode we recorded that we never posted? It's about Labor Cup. Labor Cup, honestly, decent content with Asher Jelani, but we were all feeling real weird. <laughs> Decided it wasn't good enough. While the um, sort of, I think the industry standard is you produce content at all costs. We just decided we're not trying to pollute the potosphere with, uh, with garbage. So instead, <laughs> we took a few weeks off. Kabir went to Sanchez Casal, Casal in Spain. Worked on my slice. Worked on his slice, then stopped by Mallorca. Uh, Nadal was doing a promotion event for, I can't remember something. He invested a lot of money in some sporting thing in, uh, in Mallorca. Um, Kabir was helping out with that. And shout out to our new sponsor, Technifiber. Technifiber. For making it happen. I was out in, uh, <laughs> do we have Technifiber Dutch or something? Where are they? It's French. Uh, yeah, they are French. Uh, we started, we got a We should know. Squash our and sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> our sponsor, Technifiber, hooked up. Anyways, <laughs> enough nonsense. Here we are. Swiss Masters just finished. Right well, now, Basel, 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 not not a match. Sorry, sorry, a sorry. The uh, Basel Swiss indoors is what I meant to Swiss say. Indoors. Swiss indoors just finished. ATP five hundred, five hundred points if you win. So on one screen, we've got that going. Um, we just see the uh, the runner up trophy presented to Marius Kopil. Marius Kopil from where's he from? Kabir, Romania. Um, nice Romanian guy. And then we've got Fed crying as he uh, <laughs> sits awaiting. The presentation of his final. Um, we'll get into a little bit this tournament, talk a little bit looking forward to the Paris Masters and maybe how it sets up for London. And then our focus today, folks, is going to be Grigor Dimitrov, our boy Grigor, who uh, we I believe we've seen running in Central Park before. Yeah. Is that true, Kabir? We did, last year before the US Open. And by we, I mean Kabir, but you know. <laughs> um, so right now, Fed shaking hands. Uh, and then on the other screen, of course, as always, we got a Seinfeld episode up. And in honor of uh, All Hallows Eve, we've got we've got the face painter, or I feel like a lot of people might just refer to it as the El Diablo episode. We're putty. It's Stanley Cup playoffs, and Elaine's boyfriend, uh, the great putty, is painting his face for the for the tournament for the Devils game. Elaine's not really down. She starts telling him like she's not going to date a face painter. <laughs> and like the most famous scene of the ep- of the episode is they're walking out from the game. I believe the devil's just one putty's face painted and a car almost hits him and he goes up to the car, looks in the window and starts screaming. Uh, he starts screaming with his, his face painted and the priest thinks it's uh it's like a priest from a Spanish speaking country, maybe South American priest. And he thinks it's uh he thinks it's the devil and he says El Diablo. Um, and there's also, there's a lot of subplots. Jerry gets free tickets, doesn't really handle the thanking his, his friend. I think it's Berg. Uh, it's Alec Berg. Yeah. Alec Berg maybe. Um, so for free tickets, does he have to have a? Does he have to provide a courtesy follow up? So it gets tickets to the game, goes he got to the, the game, follow up. Then after going to the game, 
It's a very Larry David situation. Do you send another follow-up? By the way, thanks Now it would be like you text message them at the game. Yeah. You're like, thanks, maybe mate. Maybe send a photo, hey, mate, at the game. Maybe send a photo. Then after, do you have to send them another thing? Or like if you run into them the next morning at like a coffee shop, do you thank them or do you not bring it up? <laughs> oh, great game. It was great last night. Yeah, it was real. We had great seats. Then you don't thank them. <laughs> Cheeky Morley, I'm playing my idol. Verbal abuse, default, Mr. Mack. Game says Mack. Alright, so let's do a quick uh come here. Can we talk a little bit about the importance of the Swiss? the Swiss indoors for Federer, what it means for him to win it and kind of what he looked like this tournament. Yeah, so definitely important tournament for him because obvious reasons, it's in Basel, so his hometown in Switzerland. He was a ball boy there for two years. There's a great video circulating on tennis TV of him ball blowing for Michael Stitch. And, you know, obviously being a ball boy at a tournament, I can relate to how, like, you know, amazing, unreal experience that is. So he's played and What's he do at the end of the ter- every tournament to the ball boys? He gives medals to all the ball boys. Kabir really felt like the... Uh, ball boys don't get enough. They don't, uh, they're underappreciated. Um, yeah, definitely underappreciated. So he congratulates the ball boys and ball girls. And, um, so yeah, so he's played this tournament pretty much every year throughout his career. He's, so after today, he's won it nine times. I'm pretty sure this is the tournament he's won the most. Right before this would be Wimbledon eight times and maybe Hall. But this is the tournament he's won the most. It's this 99th tournament. Strange tournament for him. Definitely struggled. Even mm-hmm. in this match, it was a tighter game. But, you know, there was a couple instances where it looked like, all right, this could go third set to me. He was down. I think of three of his matches in our group chat, uh, a lot of messages just kind of like, oh, is Fed about to lose? Looks like he's yeah. about to lose. Yeah, I mean, so what was, what, who did he play first round? Uh, who was it? So, I mean, he, he played, played Struff. Let's, let's work backwards. So last round was Struff, right? The last round was Simone. Simone, before that was Struff. Three sets. Before that was Struff. Uh, also three sets? Also three sets. No, sorry. That was two sets. That was two sets. Okay. Should have gone three, but that was two. And before that... Um, sorry, last match was Medvedev. Then oh, yeah, it was yeah. Simone. So semis Medvedev. Then quarters it was Simone. Gil Simone. Um, before that was Struff. Okay. And then the first round, uh, oh, Krajinovic. Krajinovic. Yeah, the Struff. Serbian okay. who got to Paris Masters last year ended up losing to Jack Sock. So in that match, yeah. So let's so, so start with the first round 6 2, 4 6, 6 4, Fed. Really shaky match. Krajinovic had its chance. He was definitely maybe not the better player, but um, right up there. He was definitely taking it to Fed, and Fed was not playing well. A lot of double faults, which is concerning. We've seen that a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Forehand. His serve has kind of just been underwhelming, huh? Yeah. Totally. Almost like suggestive of he's not healthy or what? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. I, it, it, you know, he did come out with that interview early this week before the tournament saying he's been kind of suffering from a hand injury. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the better half of this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much that's affecting it, but the serve was not good. Um, really, just kind of poor form, first serve percentage, pretty low, double faulting, and just not a reliable shot. I mean, Asher was mentioning, he was watching this on Eurosport, and the commentators were saying how important it was that Federer would get, that Federer needed a double break because mm-hmm. he just can't rely on his serve. He was right. In the second round against Struff, serving for the match, down, what, love 40, had to come back nearly really lost that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the theme up until the final is he's really 
he's just kind of struggled and, and he's he kind of think it seemed like he was playing he's playing all these guys that just based on how they're both playing that day Feder maybe should have lost but they just probably a case of when, they didn't have the belief to be yeah when they had their chances to go up breaks in a third or they just two couldn't breaks they couldn't close maybe it's the it's the kind of magnitude of the task of you know you're playing Fed you have too much respect for him you know you go bigger on a second serve when you shouldn't because you know it's Fed returning you go closer to line hitting down line because you know got to get close margins so i think up until quarters you know he it's almost like he won because players like simone choked um but he definitely tightened his game up against medvedev mm-hmm. returning really well um and even his only tight match really was against medvedev yeah and, and no today was good too i mean there was i mean second set he was down 4-1 and it looked like all right this is going to go Third set, Copil hitting these consistent. Copil also kind of having like a huge tournament. For yeah, him. A huge tournament. So he won. This is his seventh match in this tournament. He came in as a qualifier, so it's mm-hmm. a, it's like being in a Grand Slam final. You have, I mean, you have to win seven matches to win. Mm-hmm. So he's had a great tournament. He took out good players. Twenty eight year old Romanian, great player. He reached his first ATP final this year in Sofia, uh, Bulgaria, I think. Um, he beat Chilich. He beat Fritz, who's pretty hot right now. Yeah. And, and he beats Zverev. And he beats Zverev. Three sets. So it's a great tournament for him. Uh-huh. Um, I think I know he was injured earlier this year. So hopefully he's healthy and he can... I mean, he's definitely... This is like really... He's playing some really strong tennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, after this tournament, it's going to be the career high ranking of around like 60 in the world. Mm. So pretty good for him. Good form going into the off, like the whatever offseason we have. Mm-hmm. Where he can train and you know maybe... You know, start the year strong in Brisbane maybe or Australian Open. And, you know, see, I, I, I like him a lot. Big right. serve, really steady, but great uh-huh. for Fed to actually pull it out and tighten this game up in the final when it counted. Yeah, and before we move on, uh, we noticed that I feel like Fed's fully committed these last two years to the celebration where it's kind of like the double, it's like a shoulder press, the <laughs> we'll, double shoulder press. We'll, we'll put a video on Instagram of Alex imitating it's it. But the it's the light shoulder press. I, I noticed this in 2017, Australia, when he won. After each match, he started doing this new celebration of hands up, shoulder press. <laughs> Um, repeatedly. So let us know your thoughts on that. All right. So the, the meat of today's episode, we're trying to think of some interesting content. We're going to do a special on Djokovic with, uh, Asher Jelani coming up soon, but we thought, uh, we thought an interesting angle would be to talk about Grigor Dimitrov. So why Grigor Dimitrov? Um, right now in tennis going in 2019, we have, we feel like what's set up as You've got what we're going to call the vet gen, the Feder, Nadal, kind of the or you know what we're going to call them the goat gen. You well, got the, the established gen, not the goat, the gen. goat gen. Okay. You've got three players that arguably you could make somewhat of an argument as we did in the other episode that they're the mm-hmm. greatest of all time. And then right behind them, you have players that are knocking on the door of being you know uh-huh. unreal players. Yeah, and then yeah. you've got like the Murrays and. Uh, these other guys who like should have more titles if they didn't play at this amazing time or maybe in Del Potro's case because of injuries. injuries. Um, just like a sort of like the at least one of the golden ages of men's tennis in the last 50 mm-hmm. years. So there's the – we've got the uh, – the GOAT gen is aging out and any people – anytime Federer starts playing bad, people are like, ah, maybe it's time. Mm-hmm. He seems to think other – Fed seems to think otherwise. Definitely some of his fans think otherwise. He's still want, he's still winning master uh, ATP 500. Yep. Um, so – Still uh, three in the world. Right? Still three in the world. Maybe has a shot at Paris or London we can talk about later. Yeah. Um, and Australian Open has been good to him. Maybe he comes out starts the big – next year off big. But there's the – so we got the GOAT gen. Then we've got the next gen, which is like – that's an actual phrase, right? The ATP has coined that. 
Um, Milan starts next week. I guess by their definition, if you're Mm -hmm. under 21, you're considered next-gen, next-generation player. And the whole thing is – the main reason for that is just they have this tournament at the end of the year that's coming up. Same time as London Masters? Same time or a couple days before. Okay, but around like sort of scheduling the same time. Yeah, first two weeks of November. All the best players, then. 21 and under qualify. Eight players. Yeah. Eight players. Um, so we'll Rep. talk a little bit about that later. But that generation, these young guns who some people question, like what Sappin said, he doesn't even think they're that good. Mm. Um, but one of them's got to step up. And no matter what, just it seems like it's inevitable that one of them will win a Grand Slam at some point. Yeah. Um, and then we've got... What we're going to call the mezzanine gen, the, mezzanine the, gen, gen. the generation that either straddles next gen or has also been involved enough in the vet gen. So I'd probably say ages 24 to 28. Yeah. You think that's fair, Kabir? 24 yeah. to 28? Yeah, even 23, 28. Okay, yeah. so 23, 28. So that's bracketed by a player on the youngest end. Like who's on the youngest end? Youngest end maybe for, team. In yeah, terms of, team I feel like is team what, is the 20, youngest. 24, 25. I mean, 24, maybe, 25. Maybe you put Lucas Pui in there. He's 24, 25. Uh huh. Um, anyone else? I feel like to, to me, team is kind of the younger side. I'd even put Kyrgios in there. I mean, he's yeah, he's, Kyrgios. He's 22, I think, but he's he's mezzanine gen. He's definitely mezzanine gen. He's not anyone. Gen. Anyone who's to borrow the phrase from uh, Ringer staff writer Chris Almeida, post prodigy. Anyone who's post-prodigy and anyone who's uh, kind of was young enough to watch Federer as a kid. Yeah. Um, and then we've got uh, – and, and so, so sorry. So there's those three generations. And it seems like next year could be the year, year that someone from the mezzanine gen really teamed Dimitrov or Kyrgios. Kyrgios with a big asterisk next to his name. I think a lot of people are kind of – we're not sure what's going on. Um, and, we'll, and we'll talk about that too, but there are definitely a couple players in the mezzanine gen that I really think for them to progress past mezzanine gen, uh-huh. 2019 is it. This is so – You're saying to win grand slams. Yeah. So or we're saying maybe, maybe, not, maybe not win a slam, but you – know, To not get, be forgotten. Get deeper in slams, win masters and uh-huh. you know, just get out of that mezzanine level. So we think 2019 is this year where you've got – kind of a vacuum in men's tennis mm-hmm. and there is the opportunity for someone like if Dimitrov can get together, get it together, maybe he wins a slam. If somehow Kyrgios we'll, we'll, goes on like a 20 day retreat, yeah. uh, no, no, finds himself like 50, day retreat. 50 day retreat, <laughs> maybe gets a coach, whatever. Maybe he finds himself can win a grand slam. Maybe team I think is, he kind of has, he's, he's, he's the, the most convincing he's case. He's the most poised right now to... Yeah. We're yeah. talking incredible US Open, playing at a level that could easily win Grand Slam. So, and our thought is, um, Dimitrov, incredibly talented. It feels like maybe he's on, he's kind of at this point where... Well, let's... Is, I, I, let, I, let, the way let, I set it up, let, though, the way I set it up is he's kind of like, he could be a very tragic case in some ways, or he could kind of break through and do something really interesting. So that's that's the setup. Yeah. No, that's true. So for Dimitrov, Kabir, can you talk a little bit about his junior career? Because I feel like he was – from I've heard you talk before how he's like a – he was a great junior. Yeah. All right. So Dimitrov, Bulgarian player, lives in Monte Carlo, 27 years old, right? And that's – Do we know his net worth? Net worth? Uh, I don't know net worth. I, I feel like he's, he's from a good family. Like without tennis, <laughs> I feel like you'd want your daughter to marry him. Yeah. I mean so his, his prize money is $15.8 million, which uh-huh. is pretty good. Um, and maybe it's surprising that he's 27 because he's been around for a while, right? I mean we've been, been watching for him for – how many years now? Like, I mean, with tennis, you've got guys that turn pro, could be 17, 15, 16, get a little famous. Right? Yeah. yeah. Get, and then by the time they're famous, they're 19. Yeah. So he's been on the he's been around for a while. So Dimitrov, you know, 
his junior career was as stellar as it could be. I remember – so one of, one of the biggest junior tournaments in the world is in December. It's in Miami. It's called the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, Orange Bowl has been – like it's been a predictor of success. Mm-hmm. Players have won Orange Bowl. Federer, Nalbandian. Um, actually, you know, if, if you You've look – You've got reps from a lot of companies there too trying to sign players, yeah, right? Yeah, a lot of players. It's a breeding relationships. Yeah, you have tons of NCAA coaches, mm-hmm. recruiting players. You have sponsors. If you look back, this is like this at, is where like a young Donald Young would be courted by Nike. Oh yeah, definitely. If you look back at the '90s draw, I mean, mm-hmm. you see the draw it was Federer playing Lopez, now Bandian, Coria, mm-hmm. all those guys playing at the same time. So it's, mm-hmm. it's it's a really good tournament, and it's in Miami. So I used to go all the time. I remember going and watching Dimitrov. He was 14, just so much better than everyone. Winning mm-hmm. definitely, he was. I mean, amazing He's strokes. Still a young guy still with the clean strokes. His strokes didn't change at all. Exact okay. same. He was already sponsored by Nike. They were they were pinning him to be the number one player in the world. Uh huh. So saw him play throughout the years. Almost each year at the Orange Bowl. Amazing mm-hmm. player. You know, won Junior Wimbledon um, in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. So you know, ten years ago, not mm-hmm. long ago. And then you know, burst onto the tour pretty quickly, right? I mean, we were seeing now. Even though you're an amazing junior, mm-hmm. that transition to become a pro is really difficult. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of players that haven't really been able to do it, like Donald Young, mm-hmm. right? Really top not top level junior, but pro he's been maybe in Gasquet. I mean, Gasquet had some success, but yeah, no, no, but he's, he's but he was an amazing junior, right? Amazing junior, yeah, amazing junior. Um, so Dimitrov, you know, hit the pro tour pretty uh, pretty early, mm-hmm. and you know he's been playing now for ten years, so you know we might consider him a veteran, right? Been around for so long. But, um, yeah, so when he started, you know, it's almost like he, he started with a lot of pressure, I think, for a couple of reasons. One, being this unreal junior, mm-hmm. coming from B- Bulgaria, smaller country, you know, representing their breakthroughs, got Nike sponsoring it. What about and, the baby Fed? Yeah, so the baby Fed. So he definitely is modeled his game after Federer. Like, uh, like uncannily. Un- so. Yeah, I mean, Federer even said once that, you know, when, when he used to start, he trained with him a couple of times when, they, mm-hmm. when he burst on the tour and he said, yeah, it was a bit odd, a bit strange. <laughs> You know, it's just it's this baby fed. They're about the same height. Uh-huh. Plays with Wilson. Dimitrov, I think, is a little taller, but skinnier. Not as yeah, broad actually, shoulders. Actually, no, he's, he's about 6'3", so he's, he's taller. Yeah. But fed has broader shoulders, bigger calves, I'm yeah. going to say. Better yeah. calves. Um, Dimitrov and Alex, pretty similar builds. Similar builds. <laughs> so, yeah, Dimitrov definitely modeled this game after fed. Really similar serve. Forehand, he's got that late eye contact type vibe on it. Uh-huh. Really whips around. Uh, backhand as well. Maybe a little more you know, comes up on the backhand earlier, but definitely modeled this game after Federer. Uh-huh. And when he started playing, you know, people branded him as the baby Fed, mm-hmm. which is great, but that's got to put a lot of pressure on you. Mm-hmm. And and you also, you have to be your own player. Yeah, got to be your own player. It's only so much you can mimic someone and come out and that too to mimic the, you know, the most, um, you know, celebrated player at the time. It's, it's a lot of pressure. So, mm-hmm. Um, and then he also got the kind of aesthetic pressure, I think, of Dimitrov. Which I or I would say he he's almost like uh, he's too good looking. Like I feel like Federer didn't get really good looking till maybe 25. Yeah. Like I feel like Fed's first Wimbledon, people weren't sure how they <laughs> the his look. Ponytail, a little, Long little ponytail, bit, uh, a little chubbier then. A little chubby in the cheeks, right? Eating a little too much. Uh, he had like no altitude training, yeah. wasn't spending time <laughs> in Dubai yet. That was when he – what's the video of him at 18 time about his favorite food? Oh yeah, it's a it's a great video we'll post on Instagram where uh Go on com- YouTube, look Fed has bleach blonde hair. Bleach blonde hair. It's probably in ninety six. 
Hashtag mid nineties. Check out the Jonah Hill movie. Yeah, great movie. We saw it <laughs> yesterday with Connor and Daliak. Great film. Um, but yeah, so they ask him, you know, what's your favorite food? He goes, pizza, pasta, fries. And this is when it was showing. Yeah. So, but Dimitrov, the minute he bursts on the scene, he's kind of like this international playboy. Um, been tied to a lot of famous people in his love life. Dated Sharapova. Sharapova. Who else? So I was reading a Mr. Porter article uh-huh. where they interviewed um, Dimitrov, uh-huh. which is a funny article, uh, interesting article, but I think if it was this article, they say that he even, I think, had a stint with Serena Williams at a point. Interesting vibe. Interesting vibe. So, um, and probably some other things going on. So you've just got this guy who maybe in a certain way, his career was on a silver platter. Lives in Monte Carlo, you know. Lives in, doing the Monte Carlo life, probably not paying taxes. No, no taxes. No taxes. Hitting really smooth forehands. So... The point is, is like, we feel like, and, and, and the, I guess the other point is there's been points in his career where he's had like 2017, it seemed like he was putting it together. He got to, what was his ranking in 2017? 2017, he was top 10. Top 10. He won the London Masters. He got, did he get up to, he got up to he, number he three up, in the world. Up, yeah, up to three when he, in, when he, when he um, won the Masters, yeah. And so it kind of felt like, okay, maybe he's, he's ready to kind of uh, – burst through the door or walk through the door yeah and i mean i mean he, he had a good year except um australian open mm-hmm. semi-finals uh, this well, is 2017 2017 yeah and then but then this year he kind of maybe took a step back yeah and so what, what did we see this year from him 20 this, this year being 2018 yeah so this year so just to, to backtrack real quick so last year he had you know great form right mm-hmm. um one of the Best matches of last year was in the semi when he played it all. Took him to five sets. Mm-hmm. Had chances to win. I think that too was a great match. This for is him. We're, le- we're talking twenty seventeen. Yeah, 20, okay, 2017. Okay. Because it was it was a semi for slams. So you've mm-hmm. already made a deep run, mm-hmm. and you're, you're playing Nadal, right? Mm-hmm. Such a monumental task playing him, and it was a match where obviously the guy has belief, right? He believes mm-hmm. in himself. Maybe I want to get into. I think maybe he doesn't believe in himself now. Uh-huh. People believe on him. There's expectations. You know, he right. He's he's twenty seven, but we were talking. We've been talking. It's a, it's an it's a d- evolving conversation of at what age on the pro tour you considered you know too late to make a run. Mm-hmm. Maybe he started thinking last year. Look, you know my chances are diminishing. Mm-hmm. So he gets to the semi and he plays this unreal match against Nadal, and you know it, it, I think that match maybe proved to him that he you know he can compete with the best. Did he? Sorry, did he win or lose that match? He lost a match mm-hmm. six four in the fifth. Mm-hmm. It was a great match, one of the best matches of last year. Uh-huh. But still has a great year. Mm-hmm. Gets to the. I think the semis of of um, no, so only only semi of Australian Open, but wins the Cincinnati Masters, mm-hmm. biggest tournament of of of, of his career, mm-hmm. and then follows that up by winning the World Tour Finals in London, uh-huh, which is huge, huge tournament to win. Um, that's it. Kind of confirms that you can beat the best players in the world. Yeah, because it's only top. It's a top eight of the year, and it's round robins. You play against everyone, and he came through. And he really was the best tor- the best player of that tournament and got his career high at number three. So then, you know, we started this year thinking, all right, well, maybe – or at least last year I thought, you know, he, the way he ended the year, all right, is this, t- is this his time, right? Is, is 2018 his year to really, you know, come through and start playing consistently the type of tennis that we all expect him to? Mm-hmm. But it really hasn't been that way, right? I mean, he – What are his results this year for Grand Slams? Yeah, so a bit like, – we'll, we'll, we'll start with the – most recent slam, mm-hmm. and that was some bad luck. He drew Warinka first round. Uh-huh. The reason that happened is because Warinka was injured, mm-hmm. his ranking dropped, um, so he came in as unseated, played Warinka, lost straight sets. Yep. 
tournament prior to that, Wimbledon. Again, first round, Warinka lost, I think, in four or five sets. Again, yeah, Warinka was uh, uh, unseated. So maybe it's just Stan's ruined his year? Yeah, it could be, but... But Again, I, I still I, feel I think, like I feel I like think, when you see him in the draw, yeah. you see Dimitrov maybe with a higher seed. Mm-hmm. It feels like like if you're going to bet on that match, I feel like it's a hard match to bet on because I feel like you can. Uh, yeah, uh, he 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 just he seems pretty vulnerable. And then no, he he is. And look, he, even though he drew Arinka first two um, in, in Wimbledon U.S. Open, I don't think he went into those slams in good form. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of poor form. French Open third round loss to Verdasco. Um, that that's not a bad loss, but. But still had you a rough. Know, he went so, five sets with Donaldson. Yeah, which is you know I, I don't know that that shouldn't have gone five sets. Um, what, Rome, what did he do? Twenty eighteen Australian Open. 20, 2018 Australian Open. This year he. Um, what did he do? He got to the quarters. All right, that's 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 a good uh-huh. that's, that's a good result. Um, had some good wins. Mm-hmm. Curios in the fourth round, four sets. That was a tight match. Three three breakers. Mm-hmm. We lost to Edmund, um, who you know definitely played well. Had his breakthrough slam, but. Mm-hmm. To the meat of this year, post Australian Open, I feel like post Australian Open is really the meat of the uh, like calendar year for tennis. Yeah, um, and, and he, look, he followed up Australian well. He got to the finals of Rotterdam, lost to Federer, uh-huh. two and two. But then Dubai lost first round. Indian Wells lost first round. Miami second round. The slump really, I feel like, starts at uh, around March, w- April, Wimbledon, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Induced by Stan, but then. And then most no, recently, I, think, yeah. I mean, he's had some bad losses post-U.S. Open, right? Yeah. So what happened after the U.S. Open this year? So after U.S. Open this year, I mean, you know, he played he played in Beijing at the China Open, lost second round to Dusan Lajovic, who's a good player. He's had a really good year. Mm-hmm. Um, really like the way he plays. Really mm-hmm. steady, big hitter. How old is Lajovic? Lajovic is probably around the same age. Um, let's check, confirm on he's that. Mezzanine. He's 28. He's definitely mezzanine. All right, so mezzanine, we're talking not born from around ninety to maybe ninety five. Yeah, and then you look at um, who who did Dimitrov lose to? He just lost to uh, Kukushkin. Kukushkin, three sets. Who is a tough player to play, but really, I mean, look, first top ten win. Um, I think that's what they said. Maybe I think first top ten, and he backed it up with another impressive win. Who did he beat? Fog. I think he may have beat Fognini in the round after that. Okay, Fognini, I th- I'm pretty sure is leading the tour this year with the most wins. Oh, wow. Okay. Fognini is a deceptively world-class player. Um, so, look, Dimitrov has not had great form. Mm-hmm. And the thing that it, – it's one thing to have poor form. But the thing that is emerging again this year, which is upsetting because he had kind of diminished it last year, was the just aura of doesn't of this low confidence. He doesn't really – He's kind of – he's a wounded bird right yeah, now. Yeah, it doesn't look like he believes in himself. And that's something that it, right, if, if you try to – if you try to, you know – dig deep and figure out why it happened or like what's the root of this mm-hmm. okay amazing junior right comes on the pro tour really good looking guy maybe fed maybe he's happy to be there it's kind of like someone who tries just, to kind of rest on their laurels yeah he's maybe at like 18 in. years old you get some huge contract or you produce some beautiful thing yeah i feel like you sometimes see this in like art or something where a uh there's kind of this young protege and mm-hmm. they don't really live up to the hype maybe because they had success too soon mm-hmm. and so he's kind of relearning how to He's, he's got to learn how to work in a certain way. To his credit, too, I mean, look at the look at the generation that he burst in on. Mm-hmm. Right when he, you know, hit the pro tour, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Murray, playing in unbelievable form. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm, I'm, a lot of players have been vocal about this. Of you know, because of that stronghold, those four six to four to six players 
how difficult it's been for players to actually break through. Mm-hmm. You look at it. You look at the Grand Slams, the draws of the last eight years, ten years. Look, who, look who's in the quarters and the semis of each tournament. It's the mm-hmm. same players. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why now we're seeing the change in seeding, mm-hmm. right? From 32 to 16 seeds at Grand Slam. So there's less... Um, or there's kind of more flexibility in matchups to see who breaks through. Mm-hmm. Look, I found her. Damn. Red coat. Look, I found her. Look, I found her. Red coat. Look, I found her. Damn.